Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 12 of the Hijabi Culture Podcast. My name is Halima, creator and founder of Hijabi Culture. Welcome to Hijabi Culture, a podcast that celebrates hijab-wearing women who are overcoming challenges and stereotypes while changing the narrative of hijab in the media. If you want to leave feeling empowered with your hijab and knowing that you can do anything, then stick around and listen to this inspiring woman on this week's episode. Okay, so lots of people approach me and they say, they say after the podcast, oh, we want to know more about the host. We want to know more about her job. We want to know more about her life. Um, I don't know why, but people are interested. So I just thought I'd share a little funny anecdote with you um, at the start of this week's episode. Um, so... I work as a local journalist and the other day we were in our morning news meeting at 10 o'clock and somebody comes barging in to the meeting saying the phone's been ringing non-stop and apparently there's a group of people in Tesco car park with cameras and so we're expecting Oprah to be coming to our patch because um, a Netflix show is being filmed there. Uh, it's set in the World War and they've kind of torn down this area in our patch um, to make it look like that. So she's coming. So we thought, oh, my God, Oprah's here. So I got sent and I was like, oh, my God, am I going to be a famous person? What's that going to be like? And I was really, really buzzing. So I went, got into my car, drove, parked up, came running out. And I looked at the people and they're like, these aren't the type of people who'd wait for Oprah or could care about her. So... I got up and I spoke to somebody and they were like, oh yeah, we're bird watchers and we're expecting a really rare bird to sit on this branch. And they'd been there since eight o'clock that morning with really high tech equipment and cameras. And at that, in that moment, I just wanted to laugh. Like I was going there to meet Oprah and see people who'd been waiting to meet her. And it was just a group of bird watchers stood in a car park watching this tree, hoping a bird lands on it. And that was the most read story across the entire news company for three days. I just could not believe it. But anyway, that's just a little anecdote for my week. Um, I was absolutely laughing so much. Everybody was laughing about how much curiosity the story was generating and why so many people were clicking on it. But moving swiftly on from that and into this week's episode, it's with the fantastic Anna. And Anna is somebody who does something quite unusual. And when she approached me and said, I want to be on the podcast, I was like, yes, we've got room for you. Because she found her passion after reverting to Islam. So she had it initially, she lost it. And then when she became Muslim, she refound it. And I think that's always good to come back to things that after a big change in your life, it's important to be able to go back to the things that you loved and find them in a new way. So I'm going to get into the episode, but I hope you enjoy it and I hope you like my little bird anecdote. If you want to read it, it's just type a wax wing into Google and um, click on news and it should pop up. But yeah, let's get into this week's episode. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum How are you? Alhamdulillah, not bad, thank you. Yourself? I'm good, alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited. I've been looking through what you, your Instagram feed and I'm really, really excited to hear what you've got to say and tell us about what you do. So do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Hello, everyone. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, my name is Anna. Um, I'm originally from Russia, but I have lived in the UK for 19 years. Um, and I like 
doing paddle sports and I try to invite more Muslim women and girls into it. Oh, that's so exciting. So when did you get into paddle sports? Um, so when I was a teenager, um, I went for some summer paddling trips, like little expedition trips um, in Russia. Was, um, it's like a scout youth organization, but less official one. Uh, so I really enjoyed those ones. And then when I became a university student, we went for more expedition trips. Um, and that's how I, my love for paddling started. Then I came to UK, kind of forgot about it, converted to Islam and then forgot about myself, (laughs) (laughs) lost myself. And then when I went to Russia in 2011 for summer, I got into some trips again and I kind of rediscovered my um, passion for kayaking and rafting and all other things you can do (laughs) in paddle sports. Yeah, that sounds so much fun. So were you ever scared to get out on the water or did it come quite naturally to you? Um, Only first time, but, you know, because we were like in a big group and they were like, you know, teenagers, same kind of age and we had a good leaders as well. I felt comfortable. I trusted them. Um, So I just, yeah. First time it was like, obviously, was with your closed eyes there. Um, but I got used to it very quickly because the rivers that we were using were not very fast. Um, they were just like slow flowing. There were not any rapids there in the beginning. So I got into it gradually. And that's what was good about it. So when you started kayaking and where you are now, obviously, there's been years in that that there's been a huge gap between the journey that you've been on and you said that you want to get more Muslim women into kayaking and paddle sports so what's it been like as uh, as your Instagram handle is the kayaking hijabi so what Mm -hmm. does it be like to be a kayaking hijabi? I started paddling in UK as a Muslim because I converted then after quite a while I rediscovered paddling then I was like okay let me get um, into a canoe club Um, it was very unusual. It was quite lonely. Um, I mean, people are nice. They're trying to accommodate you and stuff. Uh, but you are like there alone and you don't see other Muslim girls doing it. So um, it was like, yeah, me on my own. And um, there were some barriers. Um, for example, when I started kayaking in UK, I went into white water paddling a lot. I really liked it. Um, was getting like a, a trainer, like a coach and everything. Um, but um, there were barriers, like um, it was quite male-dominated environment. You'd have to go on the trips away and, you know, it's like a pub of the paddle culture and stuff like that. So I didn't really, I didn't feel, didn't feel like I fit. So um, although people are nice, but, you know, it's, is not the environment. The environment wasn't very kind of Muslim friendly. Um, so um, I took a decision after a couple of years to um, try a different discipline and I went for a marathon, canoe marathon um, paddling. 
so marathon kayaking and um they're slightly a different system you know they're quite organized there they big have like a um every month or so they'll have different competitions and you go as part of the club you go like for a day trip and then you come back um lots of training involved um i felt more um like safe there not not safe but i felt like i belonged there more mm. because the environment allowed me not to feel uncomfortable anymore um and i was actually uh, like i was um really cheered on a lot like um i felt very welcome i was at first i was really surprised because after a bit of negative experience with whitewater kayaking and we're talking about 2012 so that's 10 years ago mm. now nowadays things are much better there's so many like female coaches now and female groups you know so much better now but uh, 10 years ago i felt like i needed to be somewhere where like for example there's marathons where you will have like ch children and women and men uh, the whole like the whole club paddling team you know the competing team goes together and then it's um you know it's more structured and you feel more included and less drinking involved as well <laughs> <laughs> they you know they, they they train hard they paddle hard they, they need to come back and get back to their jobs and stuff like that so yeah um so that helped and then i, I got i got really surprised how um supportive the community there actually was um, and that's how I started dreaming about like this big marathons because I wanted to inspire. I wanted to be seen by other Muslim women. I wanted to inspire them because I would train on the canal. So um, I thought, okay, if even if one or two girls passing by and they'll see me training, maybe they want to try it as well. And um, just, you know, to show the paddling community that um, Muslim women were... Um, we're not for just sitting home and being housewives and, um, you know, we do have dreams and aspirations and goals in our lives and we, we do love outdoors. It's just we need to be more brave and show it to the world, you know. Yeah. And I think that comes really nice with hijabi culture because we just want to showcase as many hijab wearing women who are doing different things. And I know when you came to me, I was looking and I was like, wow, this woman's done so many things. And water sports, you definitely don't see hijab wearing women in sports, never mind water sports. There's very, um, uh, there's a very high percentage of women who don't actually know how to swim. And then in, in South Asian communities, that's really, really high as well. So yeah it's really exciting and interesting to see what you're doing so when you were on that canal and hoping that somebody or a hijab wearing woman would see you and maybe t decide that they wanted to do water sports did that happen i don't know uh, yes um I, in london when uh, so i lived in london for about 15 years before i moved to bolton so uh, my can first canoe club was in london you know mm -hmm. um yes um so some of my friends try came and tried kayaking as well. Um, um, some of the hijabis, some were not, but yes, they came and tried it up. Um, you know, with the sports as well, obviously, you need to make sure that you find time if you want to take it seriously. Like, like you know, same like going to the gym. Um, so it, it is not for like 
it is not for maybe for everyone you need to find you know maybe a child care or something to make sure that you can attend the session um i was training mostly on my own to be honest that that for me that was the case that if i need to push myself further that this is it i, I just have to go for it um but when i moved to bolton um the community is much bigger here the muslim community and yes there, there are no canals close by to you know paddle and say oh look at me there is a muslim girl paddling <laughs> but um i discovered for myself instagram <laughs> finally and i started posting you know and then yes then um i thought we need to do something about it because it's such a big muslim community and um Surely there will be someone who'd be interested to come and try new sports. Uh, so that's how I start, you know, promoting um, paddle sports in the Muslim community here in Bolton. And, um, you know, it led to some very good events and ideas. And um, now we have like a regular paddle sports sessions in Bolton for Muslim women and girls. When they come to the sessions, how inspired do you feel and how proud do you feel knowing that you've kind of achieved your goal? You set out to get Muslim women and young girls into paddle sports and now you're seeing that happen. Um, I feel very grateful to Allah because, um, you know, everything is by his will. Um, I dream big, you know, I try to dream big and um, th- that's, you know, that's only a little part of my dream about Muslim girls and women getting on water. Um, of course, I want to see more, but um, yeah, I, every time they come, it doesn't matter how many people come on a session, I'm really, really excited. And, um, you know, sometimes it will be like regulars, sometimes it will be new people coming in, but I'm always excited and I always try to also um, tell them about different um alternative groups for example like oh you can join um, a local canoe club uh, if you don't mind like maybe mixed sessions um because why paddle sports is also good um although like women want to have like a female only sessions um in paddle sports you are still very much um got like a social distancing because you're sitting in your own craft so you're not Mm. very close to other people and yes, you have separate changing facilities and stuff like that. So if you, even if it's in a mixed uh, environment, you still can kind of segregate yourself more or less. Yeah. And also, especially during like cold months, everyone is pretty much covered. You know, I hardly ever see people going even in the summer, uh, like not very dressed because, you know, especially nowadays, summer is, uh, the sun is very like, dangerous and you have to cover yourself from uv so a uh, paddle sports is a sports where you you know you feel more or less comfortable um around people of you know different genders and backgrounds and and so on and so on so um yeah that's how i feel like i feel excited that i will i have this um paddle sports sessions for for muslim girls and women so they come to my play uh, to my sessions i introduce them to paddle sports but i also tell them about um alternatives so they can go uh, use different boat hire places. They can use different, um, you know, canoe clubs. Um, you know, if they want to buy their own craft, that can explain w- w- what what is the best option. 
and and stuff like that. So it, it is very exciting because um, yeah, you 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 know you share the message and um, you give them the, the the tools and then they they can go and um, explore more. Yeah, I think it's always nice that when you've discovered something and you want to share it and people come, you can give them the little information or part some knowledge on them and then give them the opportunity to discover it for themselves and see what they love about it or if they really don't like it. But they've at least listened to you and you've kind of got to pass on your little bit. Yeah, well, that's how our sessions are designed, to be honest. They're more like um, self-discovery, so... So the girls and uh, girls and moms, for example, or just uh, other ladies, they come. We get them kitted, you know, um, with in the gear. Um, we give them the crafts that they choose: either sit on top kayak or paddle board. And then we explain, uh, show them how how to paddle on this particular craft. And then we just get them on water and we let them to um, explore around and just try and learn themselves how they feel on water. We don't like follow them into water um, unless we just go on a little trip around reservoir. So we, we, we give them that freedom to kind of connect themselves to, to water while we're just on a bank and they can decide whether it's something they like, you know, being on water or not. Yeah. yeah. So when you talk about paddle sports and getting people into it and what's your journey been like through doing that have you found that you've grown as a person or you found that your muslim identity links with this um, sport that you always enjoy doing how's that been um i think i actually got more connected to the muslim community which is really nice um because i'm a convert so i can you know i was born christian then i converted to islam and um Sometimes you feel quite excluded by the my like Muslim majority because you're converts. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe some people will like you know feel the same or not, but um, it happens. But since I started doing these sessions, I got quite connected to the Muslim majority, to the community here, and it's really really nice. Um. um it really helps me, to be honest, um, as a Muslim person. So um, just, you know, um, sharing it with your sisters and, um, yeah. No, that sounds so much fun. And when you started, obviously, before you reverted, you obviously kayaked without a hijab. So what was it like? putting your hijab on was that a bit of a was that a difficult experience or was that as soon as you reverted you put your hijab on straight away um i yeah i i put hijab on pretty much as soon as i reverted um that was like end of 2004 but i only started kayaking in uk late 2011 so i i was pretty much comfortable in my hijab before i got into paddling so, yeah, I went into paddling in UK straight away in a hijab. And um, I didn't see any problems, to be honest, with the hijab as a paddler at all. Um, it's it's about more about finding this comfortable environment, you know, without barriers, um, without feeling like out of place. Um, yeah, rather than the attire, like hijab, 
never been a problem to me, never been a barrier to me. I did white water, you know, like wearing helmets on top and rolling and doing all crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, hijab never been a problem. And sometimes I find that it's not the hijab that's the problem. It's how you think other people are going to perceive you. So I never had a problem uh, I with see. running on the streets with my scarf. And that wasn't the problem. It was that people were going to look at me on the street running and being like, oh, she's not a real hijabi. Look at the way she's dressed. Or look at what she's doing. That's not modest. So oh. I think that was mine. Like people perceived me not to be a hijab a proper a practicing hijabi because I was doing that um, and I think that's what we need to get over the way other people yes. perceive us and rather do the things that we enjoy yes well the way I see it firstly you know um hijab is not only uh, what is outside the hijab is also what's inside not every woman who wears a big hijab on outside has got that inner hijab and vice versa and so who are these people to judge us? It's only Allah who will judge us. That's what I believe. And mm-hmm. um, when I do this, this puddle sports, um, I try to wear a kind of loose clothing anyway. So you can, you know, you can get nowadays lots of modest sportswear. And if you have to wear a wetsuit, then you put your modest sportswear on top of your wetsuit. Yeah. You don't have to be all this tight and stuff. And uh, plenty of sports hijabs as well, or like burkinis. They're not that tight and stuff. And then when the winter comes, it's even better because like we wear dry suits. You can just get a dry suit a size bigger and it doesn't like stick to you. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't give you much shape. And plus you're wearing like a buoyancy, like a life jacket on top. And if you're doing like a kayaking, sometimes you have a, like a special, like a skirt on top that goes over the cockpit. You're really covered really. So, um, so that never bothered me, to be honest. Never, never bothered me in paddle sports that oh, I'm gonna look like I'm uh, wearing something. Um, I mean, to be honest, like if you, if you, if, if what do you mean? It mean you, you wanna say like, or if some Muslims will see me and what they're gonna say? Um, yeah, I never wore the tight clothing like while paddling so if i wore a wetsuit i would always have like tracksuit bottoms on top or um um like a a, a thick jacket or something yeah i never i I, I never gave them a reason to think like what is this muslim woman doing (laughs) um again I, i don't think anyone should be judged on what they're wearing or not wearing you know it's about we're out there we're trying to be enjoy outdoors be healthy and um even you know when you do paddle sports at the end uh, for me I, f- I think it comes cheaper than going regular to the gym because um i i don't like staying indoors um like i'm 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 a fitness instructor i'm a i've got several gym quali- like fitness qualifications but i'm not i'm not the gym person <laughs> my gym is outdoors Sorry, what was your favorite part about being outdoors? Um, it's just like you you get out and you forget about any like your day like regular life problems and issues and um you just reconnect with the nature and you also reconnect with your creator because you know that this is the creator who created everything around. And it really just helped to like to ground yourself and um 
you know, just clear your thoughts, um, make dhikr, praise Allah as well for all this beautiful nature around you. It really helps. I think it really helps uh, with religion as well. Yeah. And do you find that going and doing your paddle sports and being out on the water, it kind of helps you get through your day or the hard parts of life? Oh, hard, um, I don't do it every day so because I don't have anything too close by. Um, but through hard parts of life, definitely, definitely, definitely. I would say um, me starting kayaking in UK was, was um, it's because I was going through some really hard time in my life. And paddle sports really helped me like to uh, propel myself through all this time, like through the hard times and uh, just gave me a lot of support and um, energy. Um, and um, yeah, later on as well, you know, like we all had like lockdown and stuff and then when everything reopened, it was so refreshing just to get back on water. Just, you know, all your problems just like fell fell off you like leaves of the tree <laughs> because you got you got back to your favorite sports yeah yeah you make it sound so magical i want to give it a go um definitely should <laughs> i know i feel like i should give give it a try um i'm scared of i'm not scared of water but i'm, I'm not very i don't have very good balance that's the only thing um, oh i don't have good balance i can't even wear heels <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I don't maybe think, I will give it a go then. Yeah, don't worry about balance because, like, um, for when you as a beginner, they give you very stable kayak or paddle board. They explain you how to keep yourself uh, more stable. Uh, you know, you can always get a, a more adventurous later on. You know, mm. but um, crafts for the beginners are quite stable, and it's it's very rare when someone just goes over on a, on a day one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> unless they get you know unless they start trying different like paddle strokes and uh, how to steer your boat and all aging and all that stuff then you know there is a chance that you might go over but they teach you how to you know get out of water how to stay safe and you wear a buoyancy aid and you'll wear a wetsuit so you'll keep warm um yeah so it is a bit obviously scary from the beginning like at the first time but then once you're on it and you're enjoying the what's going on around the atmosphere, especially when you go with a group uh, rather than on your own. And then you just forget everything. You you see that everyone's enjoying, and it it's quite contagious. You know that the paddle sports spirit is very contagious uh, because it gives you so much joy. And um, yeah, but especially the marathon, like I'm, you know, I'm the marathon girl. <laughs> that that. Like once I got into it, I just got hooked on it, and it's really contagious. All this sportsmanship, and you know, everyone cheering you on. And for me, it was a big deal because you'd run with the, with your boat on the shoulder, and you're in a hijab. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm gonna get emotional. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's no, just it's amazing. it sounds amazing. Um, so what's the marathon like then? Do you do it all by yourself, or do you do it as part of a team? What's it like? Um, so um, how it was is that um, they do different marathons. They do like beginner levels where you paddle like five miles, eight miles and, uh, you know, just various speeds. You can do it either in the one, the steepy boat, you know, like quite steepy, long, speedy boat. You do it in the single yeah. boat, double boat. Um, 
and then uh, um, it was well different crafts, canoes, kayaks, and um, and um, and then they get bigger ones, you know, like twenty miles, thirty miles. Then you go. It's usually you go somewhere away, you know. And um, then they've got really big ones. Um, and the biggest they have in UK, one of the biggest and the like, toughest, is called Devices to Westminster Canoe Race. And um, someone was doing it from our club. I got really inspired and I just, yeah, I just got into it. I tried twice, um, two years in a row as a single boat. Mm. And then I decided, well, make it or break it. I'm going to go as a junior vet. So I found um, a junior um Muslim girl from um, Tur- Turkish girl from Romania and she joined me so we went as a junior vet and I finally finished that race because it's so long it's like 125 miles oh wow yeah we, you do it in st- like junior vet would do it in stages so a single boat would do it in stages like over four days but it's still hard because you go 30 something miles a day um but yeah that was amazing and we we felt really proud that we were like the first um double uh kayak uh female double kayak muslim girls that finished um you know especially like hijabi finished uh, this big big marathon is called kayakers everest you know as a nickname and for us it was a really big deal we just wanted to you know people see and get inspired and uh, also we wanted that bigger paddling community uh all over uk will to see and to accept that muslim women want to be in paddle sports and someone needs to make space for them oh my god that sounds so so amazing and congratulations on that so how long did it take to train for this training um well, usually it takes about, you know, they usually how those who do it regular, as soon as they they finish, they start training for the next one. <laughs> but it wasn't the case with me. No, I'd usually like I start training in the summer and then by the Easter, because it always happens in Easter, you should be ready because you go through several like 30, 20 something miles marathon. They're like stages to prepare for the big race. And then once you do 30 something miles, they tick you um, on the on, on the list saying, "Oh well, you are qualified." So um, every time you have to show that you can, you have to qualify for it first. And um, yeah, first time I tried 2017, I wasn't very successful. I was disqualified after day two because first of all, I was very slow on the portages because there's lots of portages, 77 portages. So you just so you know when you got on a canal, you got a lock. Yeah. Yeah, so a portage is like you paddle next to the lock, you get out, you run around, then you get back, you know, after the lock into the canal, yeah. you continue paddling. So Devices to Westminster has got like 76 portages and half oh of them God. on day one. Half of them on day one. So <laughs> um, my first experience, yeah, was a bit sad. So I ran out of time in my first year on day two and so that's why I was disqualified for day three I felt like well I don't give up so I start training for the next year I was doing so well had such a lovely you know because first year I had um inexperienced support crew same as me an experienced paddler I had a support crew who never did this Mm. hadn't done it before and that's why we, we we failed and uh the second year had really good support crew but the weather was so bad that half day 
halfway for day two, they stopped the whole, complete whole race because they say, well, the weather conditions or water conditions are so bad, we can't continue. That was lots of tears because I was doing so, so well. And my support crew oh. was really like just heartbroken that we had to stop. And then, you know, the day, the, the third year I decided make it or break it. I'm going to go in a double boat. So if I feel a bit low that, and, and the younger person will, will kick me a bit and say, come on, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, really worked. I think we had to learn how to work as a team and, you know, um, a younger person, I had to learn how to be a bit of like, not only a, the, them a paddling partner, but also like a bit of a mom to them as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that was quite a big experience. Uh, like we had to train, we had to, like I was doing a maximum stability boat as a single boat. And now, and here we had to go in a twice steeper boat, but as a double. Uh, so it was like a, yeah, it was a big learning curve both into like different techniques and then obviously it's another person you have to consider that they will have to stop sometimes you will have to stop you have to work all together you might have um, different feeding times you know your support crew will run to you and you know show something into your mouth I don't know food <laughs> drink whatever jelly babies hello <laughs> <laughs> very big good experience and uh it's just also like yeah meeting a different culture because like i'm a i'm a convert uh from russia my husband is palestinian refugee and then uh shirin and her parents are turkish from romania so we're like three different cultures we had to all learn how to how, how to kind of deal uh you know be a big team one big team so it was quite nice and how many marathons have you done um so devices to Westminster, I did <laughs> twice. I did half of it, right? Mm -hmm. Half and half. And then I did the, the third one. I did the whole. Yeah. Um, this is the biggest ones. And the smaller ones, the ones that you do as a preparation ones, was called, they are called water sides. Mm. And the other group is called fem sides. Um, it's the same, same um, route, but it's a different sections of it as devices to Westminster. So you kind of train for it. So okay. uh, those those ones maybe together I did more than ten, you know, because we had to, we had no choice. You have to train yourself, you know, you get your muscles going. Because um, on day one as well, they've got like a, um, you have to go into a tunnel which is six hundred meters long and it's complete dark in there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you have like you you know that you have to go through this smaller marathons to train yourself so you're comfortable with things like this, with all this portaging, with all this um, tunnels coming and how you have to quickly, you know, get your torches on and, um, you know, if you need to get changed, if you capsize and there's a good good uh, training field. So, yeah, I did quite a few of those <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So have you ever gone abroad and done um, your paddling, uh, kayaking and canoeing? Have you ever done that abroad? Um, I went to see my mom in well my mom lives in Russia but we decided to meet in Turkey last year um just like halfway you know because of the COVID and everything mm. and um yeah I hired the um a little like sea surfing kayak and that, that was quite an interesting experience because yeah the waves were really big so um 
I paddle a little bit around and said I had enough. <laughs> I'm really scared of it. I'm really scared of the sea, to be honest. But that's just oh, me. Oh, you're scared of the sea? Yeah, because I've got motion sickness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I feel like as soon as I start feeling funny, you know, I'm, that's not mine. But sea kayaking is actually really nice for those who don't have motion sickness. Uh, sea kayaking is amazing. It's something to really get into. Uh, that's if if I didn't have um, travel sickness, that would be my dream. Imagine like uh, the, the, there are ladies who go like um, making like around you, you know, paddling around UK or around Ireland or you know all these little islands that you have around UK, and it's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, this sounds so amazing, and I love that. You've done so much. Um, and the yeah. marathon sounds amazing. So were you on the River Thames, kind of like just canoeing through London, kayaking even? Uh, yes. So because the, the marathon starts at Devizes, you know, all this 125 miles away. And then eventually, so on the day, at the end of day three, you arrive to Teddington. Mm. And then, you you know you go uh, rest and sleep and come back to Teddington on uh, morning day four and from Teddington yes you paddle all the way through London to Westminster so Westminster Bridge is the finish line so you're going yeah for Richmond and Chelsea and Fulham and all those areas and um, what were the views like sorry the views what? are nice yeah <laughs> If you're, if you're not if you're not scared to 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 look around the views are <laughs> but um you know because you go um you go with the tide so as soon as the tide hits high you that's why this, they let you go on the day four uh so it gets very you know the the current gets quite fast so you try and watch your um kind of balance rather than <laughs> look around yeah but that that's just for kayaks those who sit in the canoes that's a bit easier for them because they're more stable um mm-hmm. yeah i i just wish that one day they will add puddle boarding into it because at the moment i don't kayak i had um a sleep disc a year ago and i had to stop all the kayaking i just couldn't sit in my boat anymore um a sleep disc wasn't related to kayaking at all it was just um i think it was caused by work um and yeah, at the moment I don't really kayak. I do paddleboard, stand up paddleboarding. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I feel like it'd be nice if I could get into some kind of sub racing as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're one of them people who doesn't do it just like be calm and leisurely. You want to be working towards something. Yeah, I mean, if I don't have a chance to work to something, then I will do it leisurely, especially like if I need to go out with my toddler or take my stepchildren out on the water, then it's more or less leisurely. But if I go on my water alone, I like to, you know, hit it hard and <laughs> some few miles and feel good about about myself. Yeah. So obviously you said that you don't have um, kayaking um, like anywhere to go in Bolton. So where do you normally go to kayak or canoe so, or paddle sports? The way it works is you can go somewhere in Bolton, but it has to be with the groups because um, United Utilities that look after the reservoir, they have a um, you know special um, agreements uh, that... Um, these paddle clubs and organizations that have like activity centers on these reservoirs, they allow to do their group activities, but you can't really go there on your own. 
like oh. the sessions because someone you know it's all about insurance because it's reservoirs they might have some machinery or strong currents you know cold water you have to be with the group um so yeah when i run paddle sports sessions for muslim girls i do it in, in bolton um high read reservoir so it's, it's just like 15 minutes drive from me it's not far but i can't go on it on my own if like in on any other day and time so what i do i go onto bridge water canal uh, which is um, towards Manchester, basically. Mm. Uh, so it's really nice stretch there, and uh, people are really friendly, and it's got a few like coffee shops or um, pubs on, on on the sides where if you need like a bathroom or a quick coffee or something, you can just go and get one. Uh, so that's quite um, handy. And um, we like going to Lake District, so uh, Felfoot. Uh, park in Wendemere Lake. Um, yeah. I like taking um, my stepchildren there because it's nice and shallow and it's got playground there and all the, you know, like changing facilities and stuff like that. And parking is good. It's one of the reasons I got national um, trust membership <laughs> just so I could go and um, to Windermere Fell Food. Yeah. <laughs> quite, com- um, quite a handy. So... Uh, your um, stepchildren and your children, do you find that they are also interested in paddleboarding because you've got them in at a young age? Um, so with my with my daughter, first she was really scared of water. And then for the last, like, maybe half a year, she really got interested in, in, in it. So I started taking her um, onto my paddleboard and she really enjoys it. She almost, like... <laughs> Uh, slides a little bit down and you know um, put her like half an arm in the water and just plays about and of course she wears you know life jacket and stuff but yeah she really enjoys it and she always tries to snatch my paddle so I had to order her like um, telescopic little telescopic canoe paddle so she stopped snatching my paddles (laughs) (laughs) because otherwise I can't paddle Um, so yeah she's she's really into it Uh, my stepchildren so when we started, when we joined Bolton Canoe Club with them together, um, they were really into it. Um, then they, they're now kind of teenagers. They're in this age where they're like, well, I don't know. Do I still want to do it? I don't want to do it. So sometimes they'll come with me. Sometimes they don't. Um, so the younger one is usually um, up to the challenge. And we did with her really nice paddle. We went to Scotland, um, Loch Ryan. Oh, um, re- Yeah, we did really nice paddle there. So I've got really big um i've I've got really long uh like a touring paddle board from keiko boards and um um i can have another person with me basically because it allows to hold a good weight on it so um so me and my um, younger stepdaughter we just went on one paddle board just had you know two paddles and stuff and we went uh on a nice paddle on a loch rind and we saw seals so close it was oh, really wow. exciting and that was first time when i saw seals and i was like i was excited like a little girl and <laughs> <laughs> um, she was yeah my stepdaughter just kept laughing because it's like you, you know how like they say oh like adults embarrass you a bit <laughs> that was me yeah. <laughs> and embarrassing stepmom <laughs> being too excited about seals but yeah it's really nice to share these experiences with your children and you know stepchildren and yeah i really appreciate it because it's you know it's it's it's, it's the moments it's, it's the memories that will stay yeah oh this sounds so amazing 
Oh, but I don't want to keep you too long, obviously, because you've got to get back. So I just want to say that, I just wanted to ask you, um, if you've got any advice for hijab-wearing women or anybody who's listening to this podcast today, what advice would it be? Uh, well, if it's to do with the, uh, you know, paddle sports, um, paddle sports is a really good sport. And at the moment, uh, British canoeing is doing a lot to accommodate uh, people from different backgrounds, religions and circumstances. So um, it's a good time now to, to try and join uh, your local paddle club, whether it's canoe club, or kayak club, or like a paddle sports club, or if it's a local activity center. Um, maybe wait till it's a bit warmer because <laughs> um, if you go when it's winter and it's your first experience and you if you might fall in, you may not come again. So maybe wait till it's a springtime, maybe even after Ramadan because Ramadan's coming soon. Mm. And um, yeah, um, try to uh, out obviously wear something warm uh, my biggest advice will be please do not wear hijabs that go around and around and around you need to wear the sports hijab because you can have um it's a risk of entrapment if you wear something long so sh- you shouldn't have any loose ends so just wear like a, a burkini hood or a sports hijab um you know like nike or a jogon or one of those sports hijabs like one piece yeah um just to, to be on the safe side, you know, especially um, if someone will ask you to wear a helmet, you need to have something rather thin to put it on and it doesn't get obstructed and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and just, um, yeah, get your tracksuit bottoms with you. So if, if it's a wetsuit, you put it on and you don't feel like, you know, you, someone sees your shape or something like that. But uh, give it a go. It's really good sports. It's really good for women. Um, it, it helps uh, to keep your core activated, you know, like um, tummy muscles and sides and, and your back. It's really good. for it can, um, Paddle sports is really good for your back. It helps you um, to get your back stronger as well. And, um, yeah, just go for it and try it. And what I will say is um, learn to articulate your needs. So, you go into some new sports, um, explain to the provider what your needs of a, as a Muslim woman are. That, yes, you will need, like, obviously, a changing room. Uh, if you go on the trips, you want to stay, stick to the girls rather than, you know, being mixed and, you know, every, every, just, just don't be shy. Uh, tell them exactly what you need and explain to them how to how they can accommodate you how you can you know get to like um mutual understanding and compromise and to enjoy uh the sports so um i'm sure it is is very achievable i can tell you that um and yes hijab has never been um an issue for me in paddle sports so i'm inviting um all the muslim women and girls um to come and try it yeah no that's amazing thank you so much for joining me today Anna and thank you for having me no thank you your experience has been so amazing and I love that you've done the um the marathon that you did and it sounds so crazy um but yeah thank you <laughs> so much for joining guys. me <laughs> <laughs> right I'll let you get off then assalamu alaikum wa alaikum have a lovely evening and you bye bye 
So there we have it, the kayaking hijabi. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Even when I was recording it, I just kept remembering how much how excited I was when I was initially recording with Anna. Um, she's done some amazing things, and I think it takes on a lot of bravery and courage to be able to do something like kayaking, especially as a only hijabi. Um, but yeah, I hope you really, really enjoyed this episode, and thank you so much for listening. I just want to say that I've had a look at Apple and I've had a look at Spotify and Google Podcasts. And on Spotify, if you look closely underneath, um, it actually says, what do you th- what did you think about this episode? And I would absolutely love it if you could click on that and tell me what you actually thought. Um, but for anybody listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate it, like it, tap the little bell button so you get notified when new episodes are released. And if anything... All I want is for you guys to share hijabi culture with your friends and family. I think if we build a really big community of supportive hijab-wearing people, we can go so far. And remember to follow me on Instagram at hijabiculture underscore. And if you're more Twitter-focused, it's at hijabi underscore culture. So follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. And make sure to turn on the little bell button. But thank you so much for listening this week. And hope to see you next time. My name is Halima. This is Hijabi Culture. Assalamu alaikum.